Welcome to the Bare Naked Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Simmons. The Bare Naked Podcast is about truth and authenticity. It's about creating an atmosphere where we can have courageous conversations without judgment. Our goal is to cultivate healing, transformation, and understanding. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about infidelity and trust issues. So we have two amazing men, two wonderful women that will be addressing this issue today. Again, thank you for joining us. And I'm incredibly excited to have every single one of our guests on today. For starters, we will have each guest introduce themselves, and then we'll get right into our discussion. We'll start with uh, Dr. Princess Gagon Wallace. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Gagon Wallace, practicing here in Minnesota. Um, I offer psychiatric care services, and next week we'll be having uh, weight loss services added to the practice here in Minnesota. There are a couple of locations. I do in-person and telehealth visits. Um, and I'm a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. Next, we'll have John. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is John. Um, I'm an HR admin. Um, I'm also a small business owner. Um, I do catering and me and my fiance, we do event hosting, decor and planning as well. So I'm very excited to join you, esteemed ladies and gentlemen, um, and I'm excited for the conversations that we're going to be having. Very nice. Welcome, John. It's so good to have you. Next, we will have Nancy Gabla. Good evening, everyone. My name is Nancy. I work with people with disability. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And last but certainly not least, we will have Mr. Alexander Cooper. Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you said, my name is uh, Alexander Cooper. Uh, I'm a care manager here by Vance Care Alliance of New York. And I uh, love what I do for England in school. Um, and I'm just doing what I got to do. And I'm very excited to be part of this conversation. Nice. Welcome, welcome, everyone. As we said earlier, we're gonna be talking about um, infidelity, also known as cheating, also known as two-timing, every <laughs> name, all, what, what, other, what other names do we have for infidelity? Sneaking, out. sneaking, sneaking around, dogging <laughs> out, being a dog, you know, all of those things. We're using the right. professional name infidelity, but we, we, you know what we mean when we say infidelity. But just to be clear, I want to hear each of your um, definition in your words of what do you think um, infidelity means? What does that mean to you, Dr. Wallace? Should we have the, well, I was going to say, should we have the men start? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they sell ladies first. So you guys. Okay. Well, so for me, infidelity is when someone is being unfaithful um, and they're in a committed relationship and that other person or their partner isn't aware of their acts of unfaithfulness. Uh, John, do you want to add your definition of um, infidelity? Um, to just piggyback off what she said, yes, I believe it's when you've agreed to be in a monogamous 
relationship and you're sharing either your time, feelings, body with someone else that's not a part of that monogamous relationship. Um, it doesn't necessarily always have to be sexual in nature. It can be more of you like divulging personal things about yourself that your partner would, you know, more like think that that's something that they would only be privy to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would just say that's it in a nutshell for me. Nice, wonderful. Any other additions? Yeah, um, no, go ahead, Nessie. Uh, I would say emotional too, because people can treat emotionally. So emotion violation of emotional um, agreement, because when you're in a relationship with somebody, you're not supposed to be oversharing with other people or building other relationship with other people. So I feel like sometimes we all forget that you can also cheat emotionally. It doesn't just have to be the physical. So I look at both ways to be cheated. In infidelity. Nice. Nice. All right, Alex. All right, so uh, I think infidelity is more like um, having a extramarital affair outside of your uh, relationship, maybe being involved with somebody emotionally and uh, having some type of sexual relationship with that person that is not your partner. I think that's just my definition of infidelity. Okay. You all touched on a couple of things and I want to circle back to them because um, Alex said extramarital affair. So is it possible to, to be, um, to cheat when you're not married? Because when we, when the, the term extramarital implies that you're married and you're having something on the side. So can you be unfaithful or is it considered infidelity if it's a boyfriend girlfriend relationship? I think first we have to define, well, both parties have to agree that this is a committed relationship, like John said, right? We're agreeing that we can not see other people. So establishing what the terms are initially is very important, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it's you guys are just hanging out or it's a fling or you're agreeing to see other people, then it's not cheating or infidelity. However, if it's a committed relationship and that person doesn't know or isn't in agreement with what you're doing, then yes, it's infidelity. So what I'm hearing in that case is it doesn't matter if you're married or not. It, it, what matters is the agreement between two parties that have chosen to be committed to one another, right? Okay. All right. The, all right. So um, something else that was alluded to that I'm so glad y'all mentioned is, is it considered um, cheating if it's an emotional connection to another person or is that just exclusive? Like it, it reaches the point of infidelity when there's a physical aspect of it, in your well, opinion. <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's a very tough question because uh, uh, with the society that we live in now, I mean, a lot of times people consider the littlest things to be uh, infidelity in a sense. You know, uh, sometimes some people will say, listen, if you are with me and I see you maybe, you know, trying to lend a helping hand or maybe trying to uh, flirt with somebody, even though, you know, you're not even maybe with that person behind closed door or anything of that uh, nature, 
they still consider that cheating as long as you, you know, uh, maybe try to flirt with somebody. And for me, for me, for, for example, you know, when I was in a relationship, you know, uh, I can't say, I'm, I'm, I'm this guy who, you know, just love to play around, you know, um, I, you know, sometimes the way in which I interact with people and just giving some level of kind gesture to people. And uh, I, I consider, I've, I've heard so many people, you know, consider that, you know, uh, not so many people, I would say, but I have heard, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm a flirt, you know, but in, in some other level, you know, even in school, you know, sometimes I would try to help people and the way in which I talk to people, especially ladies, you know, being in the medical field and, 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 and stuff with so many ladies over there, you know, and when you try sometimes just to be as nice as you can be, people misinterpret that and they sometimes think that you just being a little too flirtatious. And just to piggyback on what I was saying, like, you know, I've had friends around me who have called me up sometimes and try to get my, you know, input on if this is cheating or not, you know, just because this person is, you know, or I can't, or I was just trying to be nice or I was just trying to, you know, just be a gentleman, you know, and, you know, I have been labeled as more like a cheater or having some type of infidelity outside of my marriage, you know? I mean, I don't know if uh, John can uh, try to tip in that. The question is, is, is it considered infidelity if it's just an, if it's an emotional connection and not necessarily sexual or physical? I would say no. Okay. Mm. So from my perspective as a male, um, I'm of the belief and I know this is probably going to shake the table a little bit. But That's okay. We're here to shake tables. I'm of the belief that men and women's infidelity are not equal in a sense because I've heard a lot of women refer to themselves as sapiosexual or that they need to even develop an emotional relationship with you before they can even feel comfortable to give you their body. So if we're looking at it from that aspect, then yes, it can definitely be considered infidelity if you start building that emotional connection, because I think that's paramount in any relationship is for you to have an emotional connection because it will not always be physical. Right. So a lot of times you may hear that men, we can't take what women do or, you know, when a, it's different when a man cheats and to a certain extent it is because and again, from my perspective at times, I feel that men are able to have relations and it not be such an emotional connection. It can strictly be physical, like, oh, she looked good and, you know, this and that, and I want to get with her. And maybe two months from now, I may not even recognize her. I might not even know her name. But, and not to say women can't have, you know, promiscuity or have sexual flings or whatever, but for the most part, for a quote-unquote decent woman, you would think that she would want to create some type of emotional connection or something a little bit deeper before she decides to give her body to a man, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, does. it does make sense, and you're bringing up a lot of points, but I personally feel like uh, 
it is infidelity when it's emotional, mm -hmm. when it's physical. And now there's even online infidelity too, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with social media. So uh, to a certain degree, I agree with what you're saying, John, that some women are, you know, can have or must have a emotional attachment to a man or another person outside of their spouse before engaging with them sexually. And it starts off with being emotional and then may lead to physical. But there are other women, as we know, that can just be like a man, right? And yeah. still, you know, see a guy and be like, oh, I want to get with him too. Get with him and not even recognize him or deny anything. So I feel like it's societal too, right? Mm -hmm. That aspect of, you know, if a woman's sleeping with a man, she must like him. But if a man is sleeping with a woman, then he could just do his thing and it doesn't mean anything. So, and, and it creates a lot of issues in relationships because, you know, if you can cheat, I can cheat too, right? And it just should hurt the same way, mm -hmm. shouldn't it? Yep. Mm. Yep. Definitely. Good point, Nancy. I think I'll just piggyback what we said in the beginning, boundaries. I feel like everything is all about boundaries. And to touch a little bit on what you said, Alexandra, I personally feel like you know when you're playing with somebody or just play for flirts, mm -hmm. and you know when there's something deeper there too. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure whenever you're dating someone, you, you get to know the turn-ons and what to do to get with somebody. So emotional cheating can, emotional connection can lead to cheating naturally because you get closer to that person. That person becomes your confidant. You're no longer looking at your partner to talk about the little things. Now you go into that person and little by little, you slowly hang on to that person. They're going to your partner because I feel like when you're dating somebody, they should sort of be your friend. So who you can go to for everything too. Not saying you can't have other friends. You can. However, you don't want when you're in trouble, the first person you think about is that person other than your parents. You know what I mean? Because you can go to your parents for everything and your partner should be your next point of contact. However, when you start creating these emotional connections outside, then you rely more on that person leaving your partner out, which means you slowly crossing the boundary so i think in this day and age we usually don't talk about boundaries <laughs> we just go with the flow <laughs> which becomes tricky mm -hmm. so i think emotional connection is cheating for me yeah. personally i really love the point that you made there i, I see john's hand up so I'll, I'll let him speak before i kind of like tie this this piece up really quickly <laughs> no just to um kind of burgess what alex was saying about him maybe being labeled as promiscuous or flirtatious based on his demeanor. You know, maybe he's somebody who is more cordial with the ladies or like he said, may offer more kind gestures, just being a gentleman. Yeah. A lot of times I think that's based on perspective and I can't tell you how to interpret my being nice to you. You know, maybe the group of gentlemen that you're used to being around, maybe they don't open doors for ladies. Maybe they don't compliment you. Maybe they don't offer you a drink, you know? So when you're in my atmosphere and I'm doing those things, you may interpret it as, oh, he's, you know, he's making a pass at me or he wants me. And I think more often than not in our Liberian community, that happens a lot that you may like somebody's picture or you may send 
an emoji or you may have a just a conversation you know on a deeper level with you know someone of the opposite sex and it can be interpreted as "Mm, girl did you hear what he said or he always liked my picture or he's always smiling at me when we have the job and this and that and it can take a a different turn and that may not be alex's intention or john's intention it may just be like i'm being a gentleman but it's interpreted as oh he's too nice he's trying to be too nice girl he wants you you know that type of shit so okay i agree with you what i'm trying to say is one thing i truly believe in when it comes to relationship naturally you can't control other people's response to whatever you do for them what you can't control is what your partner says so of course alice is a playful flirt that's 100 percent guarantee what i'm trying to say is it's the way he interpret it with when the other person pulled their stops because i i can control what somebody say to whoever i'm dating what i can't control and take offense to is his response to that person when they do whatever they do so him being a flirt is very simple it's good but when it goes beyond flirting then that's where he crossing a boundary that's how i looked at it because you can't control what other people interpret whatever gesture you do as and you're right in our community trust me people misconstrue a lot of different things you do for them so mm-hmm. yes i think you can't control what your partner or take offense to what how your partner interpret whatever is being done so i i want to clarify nancy are you saying that the way maybe alex might respond to his partner's feelings about him being nice to a female he can control no, no okay let's say Alex flirt with a girl, right? Right. And she takes it as something else mm-hmm. and then shoot her shot. Right. Now his response, his partner ah. thanks to that. That's okay. how I look at it. I see. What you're like you can play for flirt with anybody all day. Mm-hmm. But when they shoot the shot, whatever happened on his end, then his partner can take offense to that's how I look at it. Okay. okay. I'm really cool. glad, Princess, that you asked that uh that clarifying question because it was important. Because I was, I heard it the way in which you heard it, um, uh, Dr. Wallace. Right? Um, there are a number of things. So let me just for starters, when when we talk about infidelity, I think the general the general agreement is that it is when a person chooses to have a separate relationship. You're in a committed or monogamous and a physical um, and or. So it doesn't have to be exclusive. So emotional and or a physical relationship with another person outside of your partner's consent. So the general consent is that both emotional connection with another person is considered infidelity as well as the physical aspect is considered infidelity. You know, so I heard the men in terms of like, well, you know, if you're just flirting and all this other stuff, but Nancy made a really great point um, that I, I enjoyed. She said, when you start flirting, there's some, there's a piece of you that's being given to the other person now. So like, you know, whereas you would turn to your partner to discuss certain issues, now you're looking to that other person to turn to, you know, so um, let's just say I had a rough day or somebody did something to me. Generally, it's my partner I'm going to talk to about this stuff. But now I'm like, oh, let me go call up John real quick. Let me call up Alex. So what does that do? It carves out, slowly starts to, you know, put your partner in the background and eventually, 
you don't even know it's a slippery slope between an emotional connection and something else, right? So now you're, you are, you're waking up in the morning, whereas you woke up in the morning and you'd be like, oh, hey, honey, you're waking up in the morning, you're like, dang, Alex, you know, like that ain't it. And y'all haven't even got connected. You haven't done anything physical, but there is an emotional connection there. So you can see how now that kind of like interferes with the natural dynamic of the relationship. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is just the fact that we're not taking into consideration the partner because the partner is operating from a place of this is my dude. She ain't doing what she's supposed to do and he ain't doing what he's, you know, he's not doing what you're doing. Okay. So when you're doing this stuff, it's like you're zoning on what you want, your desires, your needs, but you're not considering the partner is in this blind. They're blindly loving, they're blindly investing, they're blindly giving without any knowledge that on the other side, you're doing a low one, two, one, two. And that's what makes it um, problematic for some. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because then I think we should talk about why people mm -hmm. cheat. And that's my next, so that's my next question. So I'm really happy that you, you said that. And so here we go. What, what, what are some reasons that in your opinion, people, um, cheat? I, I think cheating sometimes comes with, uh, a lack of emotion and support, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, just to piggyback on what you said that, uh, uh, Simmons, uh, you know, you spoke about maybe having a rough day and then talking to this person or talking to John or talking to Alex and Alex is always there to listen to you, you know, give you his undivided attention, you know, as opposed to your partner, you know, uh, who's right there, but does not really, you know, support you emotionally, you know? So sometimes we tend to go to where we find comfort, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes you never know how comfortable it is on the other side until you step out of your comfort zone. You understand? So uh, stepping on all of your comfort zone sometimes might lead to maybe calling up this guy or calling up, you know, maybe John or calling up Alex, you know, Alex, you know, today was such a crazy day as opposed to speaking to your partner. Uh, do you want to understand uh, what was going on today? And, you know, listen, it's always the same story, you know. I mean, you should get used to it by now. You know, they don't, they don't understand. They don't look at things from the from a different spectrum, as opposed to you. I mean, the way you see it. So uh, these things will start to lead to second thoughts. You know, wherein, you know, uh, if I'm having a rough day, or if I need some level or, or some type of emotional support, I think it's best to call maybe Alex or call John or call my best friend, you know, which of course I never intend on having any type of, you know, sexual, emotional or sexual or emotional type of connection with that person. But because they talk to me in a way that makes me feel better and they dare to, you know, comfort me. And most, especially if that person is single, of course, man, come on, you know, you want to talk. And the more you talk, the more you get connected. I mean, obviously, it started leading to a lot of the different what to what to, you know. So I mean that's just my my my, my thought on that. Okay. Not one to one to Alex. So sometimes uh, the grass be green on the other side. <laughs> exactly. You know, my, my my saying is the grass is greener where it is watered. Where it's watered. Yeah. It's greener, greener where it is watered. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. not on the other side always. 
because we go it, it looks good on the other side until you're on that side everything you know human beings have something called uh there's something uh, a phenomenon called the humanist uh, uh hedonistic effect hedonistic effect is our tendency to like new fresh exciting things we just love it it's like wow you know when you get a, when you first get a new car you're like yeah. oh my god you're the bomb and then like a month or two or three months later you're like Oh, it's, right. all right. it's all right it's all right when you first get into a relationship you're like oh my gosh he is so fine he's so cute oh look at his smile blah 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 the next yeah. thing you know three months later his smile don't do nothing to you but <laughs> we want something fresh and exciting all the time right. and if we're chasing that hiddenness side of us we will end up getting ourselves into some trouble that's why we have to be a little bit more rooted a little bit more grounded and not our apple wow open we're just following anything that looks good you know what i'm saying right but Alex made a really great point yeah. that sometimes, because the, the question on the table is, why do we think people cheat? Alex said, sometimes it's because of a lack of emotional, uh, what was it, Con connection? Support. You know, support. support. Emotional support. So you want your partner to be that person that you can turn to to talk about different things. But what if all of a sudden you're trying to talk to the partner about this thing and they're dismissive? And they right. act like they're not interested. It kind mm -hmm. of forces you then to start considering other options. So I can respect that perspective for sure. Mm -hmm. Any any other thoughts on why you think people cheat? Um, okay. Oh, sorry. You gonna go ahead, Chris? All right. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, like Alex rightly said, it could be emotional support. Um, it could be comfortability. Um. They say it's important to, or there's there's the the urban term where, you know, females will say, "You stop doing the things that you was doing to get me," and there's you know there's other dudes who are willing to do those things to still get me. So you have to like keep reinventing yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to keep dating your partner, whether you're married, whether you're whatever. You have to keep dating that person, keep it spicy. You know, iron sharpens iron. So sometimes we might get comfortable with our partner that, damn, PG, I'm always seeing PG, she run the house in Lapa, she got mm -hmm. hair tie, you know, and especially with like the social media age that we live in, yep. you go on Instagram or you go on Snap or whatever, and you see everybody's all stashed and mm -hmm. they got makeup on 24 seven. Obviously it's not realistic, but sometimes your mind, you know, may play tricks on you like, oh damn, this is the standard when obviously yeah. those standards aren't realistic. Yeah. So it can be comfortability. It can be emotional support. It can be things like conflict resolution. A lot mm -hmm. of partners don't know, don't have great conflict resolution skills. Absolutely. So we might get into that argument. And because we aren't able to sit down, you know, and go back and be like, okay, hey, where did you feel like you weren't respected? Or where did you feel like? And it just, you know, kind of festers. And it's like, Girl, I ain't got time for him. I, he want to get an attitude? Mm -hmm. Fuck him. I'm mm -hmm. going to talk to, you know, Alex over here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or I ain't got time for what Prince is doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see what, you know, um, Grace got going on. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it can be many different things. Um, yeah. It can also be, I, I don't want to say um, circumstantial, but like Alex said, sometimes the emotional aspect of you, you may push somebody into the arms of somebody else unknowingly. Mm -hmm. You may be at home being an asshole. You may be unsupportive, you know, and like you said, not everybody has the self-control or the wherewithal to, you know, be like, you know what, let me hold up and see what's going on. They might just seek comfort 
in somebody else's time or arms or whatever. And eventually that leads to whatever it leads to. And it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope, like you said, and you go down that slope really fast mm -hmm. before you can actually rewind and, you know, and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few things, I think. Those are some great, great, great yeah. points. I love what you said about um, all the points, but there's a piece about, com you know, comfortability. And, you know, when I, when I do couples work, I say, you know, a relationship is like a car. It requires maintenance. You know, some of our cars is like once a, you know, once a year you take it into the dealership for blah, blah, blah. Other cars is every three months or so. But whatever your car is, you need to maintain it, right? You can't just get the car and drive it, drive it, drive it. And then, <laughs> but aside from that, you talked about comfortability. That's why I'm bringing up that piece, John, right? Sometimes we, when you want someone, we put on all the stops, you know, for the women all of a sudden, your hair is done, your makeup's done, you know how to wear sexy clothes. Then the, the person's in the house now, you not forget, every day you're in pajamas. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, what is this? You know? Right. And, and at some point or another, you got to understand that, like, if you're not doing those things that initially attracted your partner, how do you expect them not to get a little bit bored sometimes? So boredom, right. comfort, or... Uh, are some of the things I'm trying not to go ahead and listing all the things. So I want to hear from the ladies. What are some reasons why men cheat or people cheat or women cheat in your opinion? Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. I think I agree with both the gentleman points. Yeah. Um, I have somebody who I asked this question to a long time ago, and I feel like sometimes it has to deal with past trauma. Hmm. Because personally, I feel like sometimes you may be doing everything within that relationship. Yeah. But if this person did not grow up seeing people be faithful to people, because I have somebody who he just don't know how to be faithful. <laughs> like, And he says it. He's like, I grew up in the polygamy home. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to just be faithful to one person. So sometimes it can be deeply rooted. It don't have to necessarily be boredom and all of that which i really agree with all your points you're making because you do have to keep a person even when you get them mm -hmm. um so yeah i feel like sometimes it has to do with some of the self-esteem your self-esteem might be low and if your partner is not always boosting you you're looking for somebody who making the next thing not making you feel good about yourself so yeah i feel like it has it, it's a bit of everything some mm -hmm. people cheat for some other simplest reason that's what I think. I agree with everybody. Points. I love. I the think trauma about, have a part. Yeah. I love the piece I, about trauma for sure. Because um, and you said past trauma, and I would say even current trauma too, past and yeah. present trauma. Right. One of the things that's not talked about as much is how sometimes you know um the the percentage of cheating goes up when there is something significant that's just taking place. Oh, maybe we just lost a kid. Or maybe, you know, um, maybe there was someone that just passed away. Or maybe someone exactly. is coming out, you know, we, we just had a child. My wife is, in, you know, going through a post-traumatic, uh, 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 postpartum depression. Those, those are current trauma. So it's the yes. stressors in your life, both from your past and for your from your present, can really steer you in other directions if you haven't learned how to deal with it effectively. So I, I, I appreciate that aspect, looking at the deeply rooted traumas, both yeah. past and present that could play into it. Dr. Wallace, what about you? <laughs> yes, I was going to say, or maybe, you know, just to go off of what you're saying too, maybe you're going through midlife crisis, right? But mm -hmm. I feel like we all touch, you guys all touch on things um, about yeah. why people cheat. So dissatisfaction in the relationship, 
lack of emotional connection, um, you're seeking validation, external temptations, right? You see good looking women, you know, co-workers or in your social circles, um, and then a desire for variety. Some people want to explore their sexuality. Let's be real. You know, maybe it's kind of boring in the bedroom and you've been with the same person and maybe they don't want to be you know, explore and, and try toys. So maybe you want to try different things and you got somebody else willing to try it. Or maybe if it's a woman, want to be with another woman. Some of the stigmas and things we don't talk about, but these are reality, right? And then what you mentioned, Nancy, uh, that some people just have low commitment levels. And this could be from, I know in the past we've had conversations, my family and I talking about growing up, seeing your brabby dad got three, four, five women. You see your dad got multiple wives. So this is a norm. So for you to be, I'm serious, Nancy, for you to be with one woman, they look at you like, okay, what's wrong with you? You know, something wrong with you, you know? So it, you know, the culture too. So all of those things can cause people to be uh, unfaithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Alex, and then John. Uh, yeah, so uh, just what uh, Dr. Wallace said, uh, you know, it, it was the concern of, Maybe we can incorporate uh, just issued into leading to why people cheat. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, sometimes, you know, you might feel like you're doing everything right, you know, and your partner may not just trust you, you know, maybe just to go right back to what necessary as well, you know, uh, past trauma because of what they have been through in the past, you know, leads them to just not trust anybody. So. You know, and even though you've been the best you can be as a woman, you've been the best you can be as a man, but you come home, you know, your partner just because of that level of trust issue that they have, they just don't trust whatever you do, because regardless of what you do or what you say, somebody that have dared or dealing with some type of traumatic issue, they would never, the chances of them trusting you is very high. And then what's well, the point of being in that situation? Because everybody, whatever we do, you know, you just need some level of boost. You need some level of, it, it goes right back to emotional support. You know, oh, I appreciate some level of appreciation, you know, but if you're not getting that, you know, because of the lack of trust issue, I believe that, you know, okay, so if I'm, but they also have to deal with how you feel about yourself individually because, you know, some people are just not strong to the point where in they feel like, you know, they try to seek validation based on how people feel about them. You understand? Because if you don't trust me, but then I might as well just go ahead and do what I got to do because either way you're still going to accuse me anyways, mm -hmm. you know, but then it goes back to you knowing who you are, because when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what somebody said about you, you still maintain your integrity as a person and still stand by what you believe in, you know? So I, I just wanted to incorporate trust issue yeah, as some of the things that will lead people to cheat. Yeah, and that's, that's a really good point. And I'll put a pin in it because I definitely want to ask, I want to follow up on that. Um, but I know John had his hand up or he wanted to say something uh, in terms of addition. Yes. Um, to kind of go back off what Nancy and PG said, what Princess said, mm -hmm. um, I think me and Princess have had these conversations in the past. Um, and I'll just speak from my perspective. Um, anybody who knows me, I'm very candid. Like, and I've been somebody who like from 
since I was young, I've always hung out with the older crowd or the older guys. Like as the young people, it's like I've been outside a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So those deep rooted family traumas, like we're creatures of habitat. Our surroundings play a big role in how we're molded. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where we build character from. That's, you know, where we get our morals from is early upbringing and the people who we surround ourselves with. So, you know, if you're around family and the male figures in your family, you know, may have made it normal that, oh, I'm following Uncle Joe Boy today to go to Auntie Nancy house when I know that he's married to Auntie Princess, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you're seeing Mm -hmm. that actively. You know what I'm saying? Or all the guys that you hang out with have two, three, four girlfriends. And, you know, you're going around that. Like, I've not to throw anybody under the bus or castigate anybody personally, but, like, I've been friends with older guys, you know, from times in high school and stuff like that, where they got three, four girlfriends. And, like, that's the norm. And you esteem to be like those guys because you think what they're doing is cool. And to feel like you want to be part of that circle, I have to follow suit like damn you got three girls oh you ate this girl okay shit i gotta do my own too you know i'm over here i'm all over the place so it plays in those are habits that are very very hard to cut off you know what i'm saying and it may play a role as you get older you know a lot of times they say you know women date their fathers Mm -hmm. or men follow women who are like their mothers so a lot of what you may have seen growing up you turn to emulate that and you kind of create that pattern you know but I think another thing that we didn't touch on well maybe somebody may have said it but communication like okay I think Princess said it as far as like communication sometimes we all grow as humans you know we all go through phases what I may have liked five years ago may not necessarily be what I like today that's like she said, I may, my sexual appetite may have grown or it may have decreased in, you know, years past. Maybe I want to explore something else. Maybe my partner's sexual appetite isn't up to where I think it should be. Am I communicating those desires to her? Is she communicating those desires to me? Yeah. What do we think is a healthy amount of times that we should be having sex in a month or in a week? Those are uncomfortable conversations that we tend not to want to have because it may make the other person uncomfortable or it may make them feel that they're, they're less of, which is not necessarily necessarily the case, but just being able to communicate in a relationship is very important because if you don't and you just harbor those feelings in it's selfish, number one, because you're holding that person to an expectation that they don't even know. You know, so I think just, you know, communication plays a very big aspect. So to what point do you sit down to have these conversations? Because I feel like, and you are right, because we skip communication. I feel like most people don't know how to communicate and it turned out to be argument. There's good communication and bad. So mm-hmm. we always skip it. So at what point do you think is right for us to have these conversations with them? Because I agree with everything you said, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you always want to pick days when everybody's in a good mood. Maybe you're out on a date or, you know, it's that Sunday morning when you guys are laying in bed. You want to pick a time where it's less strenuous, you know? You don't want to ever 
have that conversation after you guys had an argument or maybe after, you know, she says she's tired, she don't want to do nothing with you. Like, that's not the time for you to bring in a conversation. Like, oh, well, you always tired. No, that's definitely not, you know, you want to pick the least (laughs) strenuous time, you know, when everybody's in a good mood, where you can articulate what you want to say in a calm manner and, you know, have that dialogue. Because a lot of times when we're speaking to our partners or we're speaking to people in general, we're speaking with the intent to get a response and not actually like listening to what that person's saying. Or we have um, an ulterior motive or we already have a preconceived notion that I already know when I bring this up to princess, she's going to say this. Mm-hmm. So I'm only thinking in that focal point. You know, I have tunnel vision of there's only a few things that I can say. I'm not going in open-minded, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with John. And I was, I'm, I was also going to say, too, you want to have this throughout the lifetime of the relationship, too, right? Yeah. Because, yes, taking the right time, but then also throughout the relationship, not stop communicating. Because once you're with that person in a relationship, so it has to be a continuous conversation about intimacy, about, you know, desires, about pretty much everything. Yeah. And let's stay on that point, because I had a thought that was not included in my initial thought, which you're, you're talking about communication and John, you're so right. Like timing is everything. You know, the, the the time to have a deep conversation is not when you're already mad, the other person's mad, or they just turn you down, but it's when things are calmer, when maybe you're out of the home and you're out on a date or something like that. But I was thinking about communication right now in the context of like, um, because sometimes people people cheat because their needs aren't being met. You know, whether it's their emotional needs, there's no sense of stability, but sometimes people cheat because their sexual needs aren't being met. And one of the things that I encounter a lot, you know, with like working with couples is that some one partner may not be fulfilled, but they don't say anything. They're not letting them know. I don't like it like this. Okay, maybe that worked with Mary in the past, but it don't work with Sweetie. Maybe that worked for John, but it don't work with Mike, you know? And so rather than saying I don't like it this way. This is how I like this. This is how they don't say anything. They suffer in silence. And then they start looking elsewhere for someone who would meet those needs. Um, So my question for you then becomes, what are your thoughts on communicating what your, what your true needs are in a relationship? Is this something that like you should do, or is this something that you should like leave or, you know, (laughs) leave alone and just, you know, fight your way through it. What What are your thoughts on that? No faking orgasms. I'm kidding. So, we got to spice it up a little bit. But no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you have to have that conversation and then maybe show your partner too, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, go on, on uh, Twitter and, and show them like, this is what it is. Or, you know, get them toys and be like, let's practice this way. But yeah. uh, you're gonna have to either show them or you're gonna have to tell them or else like you said you're gonna start you know seeking it elsewhere yeah and 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 and, and you're right uh, Alice. but uh I, I also think you know um well maybe john can back me up on this one but it's more like uh, i think as a man from a man's standpoint i think sometimes you just want to if you you want to be able to be it, it goes right back to communication right because you want to be able to speak up you know as a man you have a woman you know and maybe you know 
when it's time for you to get it on and things like that. And maybe after that, you want to ask, you know, how is it? Do you like it? Be, be, just try to be authentic as you can be. Because for me personally, I will let you, I will ask you, I will make sure you satisfied before I, you know, uh, before I feel satisfied in a sense, you know, I hope I'm not going off topic now, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I want, I want to get into, into your head to know exactly, but then it goes right back to uh, knowing your partner, knowing who they are and, you know, knowing if they are content with what they're receiving or not. But um, I, I think, Communication just play a, a perfect role in the sense that, come on, Nancy, why are you smiling? You know, you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's all about you know just wanting to, you know, uh, ask questions and asking questions is some level of communication that you know, like 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 that. What I say, you know, just explore. You know, have other things. Wanting to know what this person is into because I mean. Anybody can love their partner. Everybody can be, you know, happy and 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 and, and having a smooth relationship in a sense. But uh, maybe having conversation with the best friend, and that best friend is telling you, you know, how well they get down on the other side, and then you knowing on the other side, like your personal person is just, uh, you know. Make want to do missionary. <laughs> you know? You know? So that's 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 the right I was that's the point I was trying to stress on. So yeah, it's just so pretty amazing how all of these things just incorporate to the moral of this conversation, you know, mm -hmm. communication and this and things things like that. Yeah. Am I right, John? No, you're absolutely right. Hold your own, hold your own. And then Dr. Wallace. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean Hopefully, everyone, before they decided to get in a relationship, they cultivated some type of friendship with your partner. Yeah. I think having a friendship makes it easy, makes everything easier in a relationship because you're able to remove ego, you're able to remove, you know, all those other things because outside of this relationship, this person is my friend. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind hanging out with you, even if you weren't my girlfriend or you weren't my boyfriend, or you weren't my husband or wife. I genuinely like you as a person so i'm able to open up to you yeah. and be vulnerable with you you know especially for like um i would say from a male perspective we all have egos mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and those conversations become uncomfortable when you know maybe you think you putting it down like you think you're doing the damn thing mm -hmm. and she comes to you and be like mm, mm -hmm. that wasn't it yeah. you know what i'm saying i mean you made it made take a hit to your ego but like as a friend and as you know that person you got to be like okay what can i do to be better or you know i have to study this person more or you know i have to do homework you know whatever it is to get better not just at sex but just you know at communicating that just the overall vibe you know what i'm saying so having that friendship makes it makes those conversations more comfortable and just being open-minded as well. Like I said, we all change. We all grow and evolve as time goes by. You have to take into consideration too, women have children, they go through PTSD, our bodies change over time. You know, the woman's body might change. Your body might change as a male, like the stamina that I had when I was 25 mm -hmm. is not the same stamina I got when I'm, you know, 35 plus. I might have been able to, you know, be in the room with you for two, three hours, 
they know back in the day, but like I may not be able to do that right now. Yeah. So how can we get that equilibrium to be like, okay, maybe my woman is isn't as comfortable with her body as she was in the past, and she's not as open to doing all these other things or doing it as often. What can I do to cultivate that environment to make her more comfortable? What can I do to cultivate that environment for my man to feel more comfortable? You know, everything is in relationships is um, compromise in a sense. You know, what can I alleviate? What can I add? You know, what can we agree to disagree on? All those different things. You're bringing up a lot of great points, John. And this is why I was like, we need to have you on this here, okay? But (laughs) but everything you said is so true because in a relationship, it takes two people in that continuous work, right? Mm -hmm. With everything you said, both parties have to be on the same page and be willing to work on those things for it to work. Yeah. I nothing much to add because I will go on and on and on. What I will say is so we're talking about infidelity in the context of infidelity and trust. So let's just kind of segue into this next piece, which Alex alluded to earlier. How does infidelity affect trust in a relationship? Because then once trust is broken or once your spouse or partner finds out, hey, he's been or she's been stepping out, then now they're suspicious of you. Uh, they definitely don't want to be intimate with you. So then we're having more issues. They're insecure. They don't want to forgive you. They're jealous. They don't want to be vulnerable with you anymore. Um, and then they start pretty much micromanaging your behavior, right? Checking up on you, spying on you, tracking your car. So mm-hmm. all of those things, then it just puts a strain on the relationship. And then if their kids involved, and I know we didn't talk about that, but their kids involved, the kids are impacted by that. Other family members are impacted by that because now you feel like, oh, okay, I have to choose a side. So just a lot of different things involved. Yeah, excellent point. Anyone else want to add to that piece in terms of, because Dr. Wallace nailed it, you know, but what, what, how does, how does infidelity impact trust in a relationship? I think it may or may not ruin the relationship because mm. some people like me, once the trust is broken, we can't bounce back. If I can't trust you, I can't be with you because when you cheat, you're not only putting your life at risk, you're putting my life at risk because there are things you could bring back home to me that I may or may not get rid of. So mm-hmm. once you cheat or once that trust is broken, <laughs> It's really hard. And if y'all do want to stay within it now, it's your job to prove yourself. Because mm-hmm. when people say women are crazy, some women not, don't just get up being crazy. It's <laughs> things that happen that Hello. lead us to that point. You know what I mean? Because like, for example, I know a couple, he cheated. And now mm-hmm. she crazy. She's like, okay, where you at? Where you coming home? Mm-hmm. Who you with? Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you asking me all these questions? But you lead y'all to this point. So there are things that lead couples to a certain point. And I will tell anybody, even my friends, if your person cheat, you can take it and you can accept it as face value and try to work on it. If you're going to torment the person, just get out of it. Because like it, it just, it becomes harder for y'all to even romance, do the simple things y'all used to do. Right. Like I feel like when a guy cheat, they want you to forgive and just forget it. Mm-hmm. But for us, we cannot forgive and forget because you, there are so many lines that were crossed. 
-hmm. and to give back to that A1, that's where therapy comes into play and mm -hmm. people are stubborn and mm -hmm. it just, at least to a lot of things, because you cheat, you can bring anything home. Yeah. So Nancy, I, I want to clarify when you, because we talked about what emotional cheating, you know, physical cheating and online cheating. When you say you're mentioning once okay. the physical part now, then you're done, right? The physical part, you can bring so many things. You can bring babies, herpes, anything. And it's, it's just not HIV you can't get rid of. You can't even no. get rid of herpes. So mm -hmm. I feel like once a person physically cheated, emotional mm -hmm. cheating, I feel like you could do a couple of sessions with, with Dr. Simmons or Dr. Wallace. <laughs> you ain't about to back. <laughs> but when it comes to um, the physical part, if you're not protecting yourself, you can bring a baby home that you can't mm -hmm. get rid of. And now I have to look at this baby all the time and mm -hmm. think about the thing you did to me. Even though you're going to love the baby, but each time you see the child, you are going to remember mm -hmm. the things that follow with the child. So... When it comes to physical cheating, I feel like it's deeper than what people think. Even trust issue. Trusting a person is you blindly, like your eye closed 100%. So now when your eyes becomes open, it's hard for you to close again. So yeah. I think when that trust is broken, it's hard to repair those glasses. And the, the guy or the woman just have to... 100% reassure that person whatever craziness that follow that trust of bridges you have to be able to stick with it like my grandma like to say if you can stand the heat get out of the kitchen so you just gotta, gotta work with the heat so I, I wanted to ask a question Nancy so if because we talked about all the reasons why people do cheat right so let's say a man or woman did cheat physically because of something that their partner did despite you know or you know if I came and said hey I'm having these issues. Can we work on these things? I brought it up multiple times, different ways. And the partner right. still doesn't want to do it. Then I step out of that relationship. And then the partner finds out, are you still going to leave them? Because trust is broken, even though yeah. I brought these things yeah. to you and you didn't fix it or didn't want to work on it. See, that's a good point. I love that. That's why I, I love that. Um, honestly, you can 100% fault them for it because these were things that was brought up to you and I feel like with every issue that your person bring up you should try to address it and see what changes can be made but I also feel like just because you bring it up and we try to make those changes and you still do what you do because some people will bring it up to you and y'all will try to fix it but it will still be out there Not, I feel like 50% of the time they will bring it to you However, they know the mind is already out there. There's one thing to bring the issue to me and your mind, you're not looking outside. And to bring the issue to me, you're already looking. Because okay. it's, it's both ways. Like, it's a 50-50 chance. And if what if it was an issue that brought up, I will be mad. But I think that was the, that would be the point where I was like, okay, we can try to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. I think yeah. I was getting at. Okay. I think. I think um, age and seasons of your life will teach you different things. I wanted her on here because of the fact that she's, you know, she's a young, younger adult-ish. And that, you know, there are certain things that we would have, uh, you know, in, in your 20s, you're like, oh, heck no, one and done, I'm out of here. And then when you hit like 30-something, 40-something, you're like, well, come on, come, 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 let's 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 read with each other. Sit, sit down. Right. What was really happening in this particular situation, right? So I think as we as we grow and with experience, we 
we're now able to incorporate the nuances of a relationship. Whereas, you know, in our younger years, we're kind of black and white in our thinking sometimes. It's either you either with me or you're not. You know, there's nothing in between. But with with experience, with age, with season, and, you know, you get to a place where you say, okay, let's look at the nuances. And then also like, yeah, let's reflect. Because sometimes, you know, when someone goes out and they're unfaithful, we look at the unfaithful partner, but we don't always look at what was happening on the other end. What led to that? I'm not um, condoning it and saying that it is perfectly okay. But what I'm saying is that more often than not, it's a dynamic happening within the family, you know, um, or within the couple relationship, right? Think about it. A lot of times when you're happy and everything's going well with you and your partner, you ain't checking for no, it's like nobody else exists, okay? You're just like, whatever, I ain't looking for, they are not on your mind. You're not thinking about them. But let there be some friction. Let there be moments where you feel lonely or misunderstood or there's a lack of affection or you're not, your needs aren't being met or you don't feel as secure and stable. Now you're looking. And then, of course, it's when you're looking that someone's like, what's up, girl? So, ha, ha, ha. Oh, what's up, dude? You know, I, I'm, I'm, oh, she ain't doing that. I'm going to do that. And then you're sitting away like, she, she's, uh, she's fronting, right? So now, because there's a hole, right? There's, there's a little gap there for someone to sneak in simply because everything wasn't established. Things are a little bit shaky. So I, I think we look at nuances later on down the line uh, as we get older, and we may not have been as nuanced in our younger years. Um, let's hear from the men, you know, how do you think trust affects, uh, one's relationship? Yeah, go, go ahead, brother. <laughs> um, I think definitely like when you enter a new relationship, there's always a high level of trust, you know what I'm saying? And when that trust is broken or well, first of all, let me say, I think sometimes we don't say a lot that we come into relationships jaded a lot of times mm -hmm. from based on past experience. I may have been with a girl who cheated on me, or I may have been with the man who cheated on me or who talked down to me or who did, you know, a host of different things. And now I have a jaded perspective on relationships or on women or on men. Mm -hmm. So I may come into this relationship already thinking that all women do this or all men are going to do this. Mm -hmm. So that kind of jades your thinking and how you proceed with your partner. But usually going into a relationship, there's a certain level of trust. And obviously when that trust is broken, it's very hard to, you know, re rebuild. It's just like character, you know what I'm saying? Or credit, you know, it, it's really hard to build up, but it only takes, you know, a chip in the armor for it to come, you know, crashing down. And then while you're trying to rebuild that trust, you're not a perfect person. So there's gonna be things that hinder that along the way. And then it's kind of like that depletes all the good, you know, things that you've built up and you start back to zero. Like, nope, nigga, mm -hmm. you thought you had it. I saw you looking at that girl butt at the restaurant or whatever. <laughs> Trust is back to zero again. Zero. You know what I'm saying? And you build it up again and then you might do something stupid again and it's back to zero, mm -hmm. you know? But um, definitely, I think it, it plays a big role because most women, like you guys say, you guys can forgive, but you can't forget, you know, and from the man's perspective, it's like, sometimes you may be holding me to a imperfect standard. Like I'm, I'm an imperfect person. And now you're holding me to the standard that I'm never gonna mess up again, where 
sometimes it may be inevitable that I may, you know, get caught slipping or I may do this. And that kind of has an effect. Like I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't, you know, she's never going to trust me again. And, or she keeps saying that, you know, I did this or whatever. Some people have the thought process of, I'm just going to do it. One, I'm just going to do it. Since you already said that I did it, I'm going to do it. Or, you know, there's so many different perspectives that people take and, you know, everybody has a different level of self-control, a different level of, you know, tolerance, you know, nobody's situation is the same. You know, like Nancy said, she may have her guidelines that you do this and it's a wrap for you. It's a dub. You out of here. Yeah. You know, princess, like you said, princess may have a little bit more life experience and kind of know, okay, I kind of see what you was doing here. I can understand. I'm not condoning it or I'm not okay with it, but let's get back to, you know, doing this. I can kind of like, and like you, you rightfully said, um, Dr. Simmons, a lot of times we only look at the person who cheated and we don't reflect on what led up to that, not what caused it, because obviously it's still a decision, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes as for men, we like to make ourselves feel better with the bad decision that we made and be like, well, it was this, this, and this, and that. And that kind of makes me feel like I'm not a shitty person for doing this thing because it was a decision. But like you said, there are nuances, there are atmospheres that can be created that make it easier or that lead you down that path, male or female. You know what I'm saying? It could be the emotional aspect. Since women are a bit of more emotional, it could be that she wasn't getting that emotional support from her man or she wasn't getting that romance that she's begging for or whatever it was, she wasn't getting that. So that kind of led her to seek it outside or he wasn't getting X, Y, and Z. So he started doing this and we all know it's the snowball effect. You start doing one thing and it snowballs into a lot of different things. So yeah, yeah. I'll pass it to my man, Alex, and see Alex. what he got. Man, you just make it so hard for me now because you said everything, but you know um yeah but i mean when when i i think when trust is broken it's just you know it's a very difficult thing to rebuild you know and in order to rebuild that you know you have to have some type of ingredients you know uh, which can be more like um repentance forgiveness and uh some level of reconciliation you know um because in order to rebuild, you have to, or to rebuild our trust, you have to repent. And in order to, I mean, after repentance, you know, what's, what's there, you know, the other person, or you have to forgive, you have to be able to forgive. There's a saying that say, you know, uh, forgive so you can grow, you know, or let it go and grow, you know? So it's, uh, it's a very hard thing, you know, especially the forgiveness part, you know, because it's it's very crucial uh, when our trust is, is is broken, and you know, how can you get back the broken pieces and see how best you can move on again? And the lack of trust, you know, from maybe like John said, from I don't know if it was John or somebody, but uh, from that past relationship. It makes you to go into your new relationship, you know, uh, not trusting 
anything a person say because of some of the things that you've been through. And it goes right back again to uh, what Nessa said uh, previously in the conversation uh, when it comes to trauma, you know. So I, I, I think that's all I have to, to put in on this one. Beautifully stated. I think the, a big piece that keeps coming up um, is how the our emotional baggage from our past can can bleed into our present, and it's really hard when that's the case. Um, it's it's not it's not an easy thing because you feel like you're constantly fighting towards you know to like prove yourself. You're constantly fighting to not be John or to not be Mary, and you're like, I'm not that person. I shouldn't have to still be living in that person's shadow. Um, and it can be really, really tough because it feels like an uphill bat, you know, climb in a relationship. When we enter a relationship, it's supposed to be new. But if you're bringing old, old trust issues into this new relationship, it's almost it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're looking for it. And God forbid that person slips up. It's like, I knew it all along. You you just like him, you know, and, and it's like you almost maybe nudge the person in that direction. Because, um, John, you mentioned something where it's like. When the standards are so high, you feel like, dang, I can't meet this standard. It's really unrealistic, right? And if you slipped up, guess what? That person is thinking in their mind, I, I, I'm i never going to trust them again. And the person who slipped up, we don't, again, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trading on women today for some reason. But the, or I'm trading on the betrayed, you know? But the person who, who made the error, what, and oftentimes we don't talk about the level of guilt and shame that accompanies that when they're discovered, you know? Um, and people say, you just feel bad because because uh, uh, you got caught. No, sometimes, yeah, feel bad because you got caught. But also, you it then sinks in that, wow, there's a level of betrayal that I just, you know, inflicted on my partner. And sometimes you feel like, man, I've dug myself in such a hole that I can't climb back out. Of, right. And, and and so it's no surprise that sometimes some men just decide to keep on going or some women will say, well, I already jacked up. I might as well just keep going because you feel like I can't climb out of the hole and your partner doesn't give if your partner doesn't give you space to then prove yourself. It makes it really difficult for you to feel like we can reestablish this thing called trust. I want to share. I see you, Nancy. Really quickly, I want to share an interesting phenomenon because there is a couple that I have in mind right now that's kind of like in a public space. I won't say their name or anything like that, but there's something else that happens in a relationship when trust is broken. And it's something called hysterical bonding. Hysterical bonding is an interesting clinical term because it's when trust is broken in a relationship, the other person goes into, there's this deep, desire to reestablish trust, you know? And it's usually like the person that's been cheated on, they want to now like, they have a sexual desire for the person and they have this attraction to the person and they go above and beyond just to draw them back in. Almost like, oh, I got something to prove. You know, I want to prove to the world that like we're we're one, we're together. There's an intimacy here. There's a uniqueness here. There's a oneness here. It's clinical, <laughs> just for just for the record. And, you know, it's, and, and but it's also it's also practical. That's it happens in some people's minds because they when whenever there's infidelity, we have two paths to resolve it. Right? There's a solution focused path, and then there's an emotion focused path. That whole idea of historical bonding or hysterical bonding, rather, it's um, an emotion-focused path. It's not, it, it's not sustainable, right? In other words, you're rushing to fix this thing 
but you're thinking that by by having more sex, by going out more, by doing it's going to fix it, but you're missing the point is that the the what led to the issue is not being addressed. And whenever we go for the emotional path, guess what? It will fill only a matter of time. Now the person who cheated, they'll they'll go along with it, right? Because they they too just want to be like, I just want to prove that I, I I won't do this thing again. I, I feel so bad and I want to fix it. Yeah, let's do it. But again, not sustainable. So that's another aspect of the way in which infidelity can affect a relationship that is less talked about, but is very much real. So just just to kind of put it out there for our audience and so that they know when they catch themselves in that thing, that I'm doing some hysterical bonding. I want to bond with the person in this desperate way, but it's not sustainable. Let's talk about the actual problem. Let's talk about the issue that led to this. All right. Um, Nancy, you had your hand up. You're going to say something if you can I remember. I okay. but, it's, I it's agree. Okay. but I agree with what you said. Um. I think when cheats happen and you find out, people just goes into apology mode and skip to have that conversation. And like you were saying, now the female becomes to act in a fixed mode type of thing, try to do more of what she wasn't doing before. Mm -hmm. But I think one step that really should happen more often is to have that conversation. Just... It's a tough conversation to happen in the first place, but I feel like both parties need to have that conversation. Like I have a saying, I can forgive a one night stand more than a six months relationship mm-hmm. because a one night stand, this is somebody you just say it was a quick fix. A six month relationship, this is somebody you took on dates, you did this way, you did that way. So I feel like we should all try to sit down and have that uncomfortable conversation what was your head at what were you you know just things was i lacking somewhere like have to have those conversations now before you go into fix and roll because yes when people cheat sometimes if people be like okay i'm gonna give you more of this food that you're lacking and before we start doing all of that i agree with what you said dr simmons i feel like we should sit down and have that uncomfortable conversation before the whole apologizing mode mm-hmm. in my opinion that, yeah. that's a very Good point, Nancy, because addressing these issues, right, the trust issues, definitely the open communication, yeah. uh, being patient, right, uh, willing to forgive the person and both parties willing to work on rebuilding trust and working on that relationship. And if all else fails, you know, do couples therapy. But I always tell patients, you definitely want to have individual therapy as well, because you need to really dive into those traumas, how that mm-hmm. infidelity affects you, right? outside of that conversation with your partner being there in therapy. A hundred percent. So there are different kinds of infidelity. Yeah. We, and we've touched on a few of them. Uh, I'll quickly go over the kinds for the sake of time. So we know we talked about the emotional component, right? So it's not physical. It's just, we just, I'm just letting you know, these little secrets. I'm talking about things. I'm getting into your, into your world. You're getting into my world. We're having this conversation, right? There's the physical piece, right? Where it's like, now we had a little, we went beyond. And physical don't always mean, oh, I had sex with the person. Oh, you may have kissed the person. You may have done it. Your 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 tissue touched the other person. Your person touched the other person in some way, in a sexual way. Um, so those are the two we talk about a lot. We alluded to this one, which is important. There's the cyber piece, because we live in the internet stage now. And everybody's in everybody's DM. You out here talking, you just shooting, you know what? 
Uh, to this Sunday is the Lord's Day. I'm not going to say, what well, you shooting? You're shooting your shot. Here you go. It's another S word. You're shooting your shot. You're just out here. Even if you don't have any intention to do anything, right? You're, you're doing that anyway. So there's the cyber piece. But then there's uh, cy the cyber piece can also include just going, everybody's naked these days. So you know your favorite people's pages to go on to see some nakedness. Like, I, you know, COVID time, everybody got their little one, two, one, two, got some things, lifted, got some extra things in there. And you're like, I thought the girl that went and got like a round two, let's go. You know? So you know your person that you go to, you say, oh, they got an open tissue. I don't want one die. Okay. You know, all those things. I can't. <laughs> That's the cyber piece, right? But then there is object infidelity. Object infidelity is includes things like obsession with our phones. We stay on our phone. Your partner's there. They're there with you. But your entire focus is on your phone or your tablet or your computer or whatever else or your gaming. So rather than your partner being the object of your attention and your affection and whatever, you're focused on something else. And object infidelity could also include things like our work. You know, you, you do, you're doing that 14 hours, you come home, you see your kids and your wife for like a good solid one hour and then you go to sleep. So where do you think they're going to, like, especially your partner, what do you think that's going to leave them feeling? You know, do you think it'll leave them feeling loved and things along that line? So that's the object piece. There is financial infidelity. Huh, that one's fine. Like, we want to talk about hitting some things here now. Enough time to get into this. Oh, I feel like we're gonna stretch this bad boy out again. But financial infidelity is is what happens when we um we may have our separate stash that we don't tell our partners about, or we we under we we don't tell our partner what we make. You know, because you say I don't want them to be all up in my money counting my coins. So you know what you make, but you're not telling them what you make. But you want to know what they make, right? So it's like I'm not being transparent on these things. I have my little secret bank account that you don't know about, even though we have a joint account. You know, all of those things. Um, that's fine. That's financial. It can go on and on and on. And then the other thing that it's also not talked about as much. Well, we we discussed it here, but there's a name for it. It's called micro cheating. It's when you do those little things that your partner has told you repeatedly. I don't like when you do that. I don't like when you're you're flirting all crazy like that. I don't like when you're extra with this particular person and you like, oh, you know, that's just me. That's just my swag. Blah 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 blah. You are dismissing what's been stated because you know what? I always like. People are interesting because the people that can dish it aren't good at taking it. But listen, if you're going to dish it, you you darn sure better be good at taking it because I'm going to give it. You know what I'm saying? So like if you if 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 you're micro cheating and you're you're dismissing what your partner has stated to you and you you're not paying attention to the fact that they said, "I don't like this thing. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel less secure about our relationship or it makes me feel like I can't you know, rest in your trust, but you do it anyway. So it's a little, and then we have the combined type where it's like, all right, maybe it was physical, but it was also emotional. And it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So all of those are just the different types of infidelity. I wanted to put it out there both for us, but also for our audience so that we're kind of giving them some things to look out for. But then I want to ask you a question as my esteemed panelist. Do you think that certain kinds of cheating or infidelity um, are weightier than others or they're more important or they're more hurtful than others? 
I think it depends on who you're talking to about the infidelity, right? And their past mm-hmm. experiences and traumas, as well as what they've experienced with that person, their spouse or significant other in the past. So it, it's different factors, right? You know, but I would say overall, I think a lot of people would agree that the physical is kind of like the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What? Let me hear from from our other panelists, our guys, our ladies. Nancy, what what do you, do you think? Certain types are more than others. I think in this day and age, mm-hmm. um, the objectivity phase of it is probably more paramount because um, this was a topic on a lot of different podcasts um, a couple of weeks ago. I think. Tyler Perry had made some statements in regards to uh, affluent women or, you know, the the influx of what Black women make as opposed to Black men. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, there may, you may be bringing your work home with you. Like, you already did 10, 12 hours at your practice or at work, and now you come home and you're still charting or you're still doing whatever where... Your husband may feel like that's my time. Speaking to us, princess, he said charting. I'm like, oh, no. It's to be, it be the man as well. You may come yeah. home and you still doing analysis or you still writing reports or doing whatever it is. And yeah. that time could be allotted to, you know, us working on our relationship or just having that me time. You know, sometimes. We don't always have to talk, but I may just want to be in your physical space and just feel comfortable that you're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. We just relax and maybe watching TV. We got a, a glass of wine, whatever it may be. But that objectivity, I think that's a really weighty one, especially in our day and age, because for the most part, both husband and wife are working. You know what I'm saying? It's seldom that you have a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad. You know what I'm saying? We're both working. We're both tired and you know and have maybe quotas that we're trying to reach at work you know everybody wants to be the best at what they do at their job so finding that balance of okay how can i get the most work done and still be able to put my best foot forward for my wife for my husband or for my family for that matter you know what i'm saying there's time for everything there's time that you need alone there's time that you need with your wife there's time that you need with your family there's time she needs with her girls, you know, there's all those different things, but how can I balance my time? Because time is the most expensive thing we deal with. It's yeah. one, it's the one thing that we can't get back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So how can I, and you sharing your time with somebody is another act of love. You know, mm-hmm. they say there's different languages, love languages, but you being able to share your time, which is so valuable to you yeah. is one of the biggest things that you can do. Yeah. So definitely physical, the objectivity. What was the other one you named? Um, what, the emotional, the cyber, the financial? The cyber. Mm-hmm. I think the cyber and the objectivity kind of go hand in hand because yeah. we're on our phones All day, 24-7. You know, the phones replace the alarm clock. It's replaced your calendar. It's replaced your notebook. Like, you do everything on your phone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, the first thing you get up in the morning before sometimes you even say good morning or I love you to your spouse, mm-hmm. you check in your phone. Oh, I got to do this at work or, oh, mm-hmm. shit, Kenya said what? Or, Kenya, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yep. 
you know, or damn, the Steelers lost today or, you know, whatever it is, like before mm -hmm. you actually interact with that person who is laying down with you to be like, oh, good morning, honey. How did you sleep? Yeah. Okay. Hope you have a good morning. All those different things. So I think those are weightier, the cyber, the objectivity and the, the physical, because those are things that become habits, you know, mm -hmm. the physical, you might have done that, you know, and you might be a one and done, or you might've done that six months ago, yeah. but you're going to be on your phone every day and you have mm -hmm. to go to work every day. So I think over time, those become more weightier and I'll just yeah. leave it at that. I like that. Alex and then Nancy, I think those, I think we've already heard from Dr. Wallace. What do you think one weighs more than the other? Uh, I agree with John, you know, the physical activity and cyber, you know, uh, physical aspect of it uh, can go a lot of different ways. Wherein um, I've heard people saying that uh, I'm not going to forgive or I'm not going to continue in this relationship if he goes out there like uh, Nessa stated earlier, you know, bring some type of the only way I'm going to be with you or maybe if you cheat, maybe I will, I will forgive you or I'll just forget about it. But if you bring me some type of STDs, it's over. Or if you bring me, more importantly, if you bring me a baby, you know, that's it. It's a no-no for you, you know. And, you know, so for me personally, uh, I've heard that over and over and over, you know, the baby issue. Because it's like, that's a lifetime who I've known for over 16 years from back home. And we came into this country and doing so well for his life, his family, and, you know, couldn't say the name, but just been doing so really well, you know, and having worked for so long and was able to get his family into a beautiful home and things of that nature. And for some reason, you know, he's always on his phone, you know, he's always on the phone, on the tablets, the computer, just working, you know, because of the type of job that he, 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 he's, um, his job, you know, that's what he has to do to, even if he's in the office all day when he comes home, you know, no time, no much time with his family, with his wife. And sometimes she'll call me. I mean, I understand your body's working and things like that, but some of the things that he's doing now is just making me to feel like, I mean, I'm nobody, you know, and it making me to try to think. You know, and it all goes right back, you know, to things that would make people to try to cheat, you know. And sadly, it was more like a situation that led from one thing to another. And sometimes some people just don't, you know, are not really lucky enough to be able to withstand that level wherein, you know, you're not really giving me your time in as much as you're providing everything for this home. It's okay, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, what about me? What about, you know, my meantime, like John said, you know? So I I, I think uh, for me, you know, every, almost everything that you alluded to is is, is very imperative, but uh, the physical, the um, cyber and the emotional part of it, you know, is oh. what really stuck me the most. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like balance is important too and understanding your spouse, right? Because I work more than 10 hours, sometimes 12, 14 hours a day because mm -hmm. I have my own private practice and the job that I do requires me to work outside of just the clinical setting. And there are, you know, charts that I have to close, right? So deadlines. So 
making sure your partner understands that work is important too, but then also finding time and balance because there might be days that, you know, or weekends and I can say, okay, no, this weekend, I'm not going to chart, you know, I'll focus on my family. So then maybe setting time up for a date, right. Or, you know, we're going to do every month, every week. So that communication piece is important. And then the understanding too, because if this is my job and some people work online, that's their job. So if I have my husband who's, you know, into NFTs and crypto, that's all on his phone. And those are issues I've had personally in my relationship where it's like, okay, you're always on your phone, but this is the work you do. But so setting boundaries and time frames too, like, okay, at this time, I'm going to be off the phone or I'm going to be off the computer or I'm not going to be charting or seeing patients just for my family. So I feel like understanding is important too, because if this is the work I have to do or he has to do, we have to, this is the work, right? But the balance and the understanding. And I feel like those are things, those behaviors are behaviors that can be modified, right? That can be fixed. But sleeping with somebody, you can't take that back. Yeah, you can't undo it. You? Oh, man. <laughs> so, I agree with everybody. I think for me, it's the combination and then the cyber. Because you can't be with me and you act single online. Because... Mm-hmm. Mm. Come on, come like a huge role, especially with my age group and stuff. Everything we posted online. So I think like Dr. Wallace said, boundaries is all of the above. Like it really plays a huge role. You you guys should really try to have those conversation which communication comes into place. Like like my mom liked to say relationship is a nine-to-five job a 24-hour job you work at every day Mm -hmm. so i think it's so it's it's a big thing with relationship and especially the internet age we all i feel like the other cheats most of us are guilty of for for when it comes to the objective (laughs) we are guilty especially Mm -hmm. the phone post i think i'm guilty of that one Communication comes into play like the person I'm dating. We do this three month checks in. Every three months we check in. How you feeling? Like we lay all the cards on the table wherever we're feeling during that ninety day period. We lay on the table. So we try to implement those healthy conversation. And whenever we do check in, it'd be uncomfortable and somebody get mad at the end of the day. <laughs> but later on we still gonna come back and say, okay, you know what? I respect what you said. It will move on. It will fix yep. it, we'll move on. Yep. But I feel like everybody should try to do that because just checking with your partner sometimes because I feel like you may think it's going good. I'm thinking it's going bad. And I'm talking to everybody that's going bad, but to you you like Oh, no, we fine. We good. But it's good to check in once in a while and be like, you're okay there. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like, yeah, boundaries, all of that communication is a key part of relationships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so this is the Bare Naked Podcast, and we always talk about sometimes we have to answer some really uncomfortable questions. I won't put us in too deep of an uncomfortable place, but this is literally our last question before we wrap up. Um, and my question for you is, who all on here have been have had the displeasure of being cheated on? Nobody want to put their hand up. I, I've been cheated on before. <laughs> um, so the men said no, they never been cheated on. I think because Ron, I don't know how to put his hand up. Don't put his hand up. Okay, okay, okay. Alex, Alex, you never been cheated on. That's a good thing. 
I mean, maybe but I don't know him. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. So unless I have a legitimate reason to say yeah, then you know it's it's safe to say you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, my given given the experience, or even if you haven't had the experience, the truth. Oh, who do we think cheat more, men or women, gender wise? Ooh. Women. Hard it's a hard women. Women. I say women. I say women. Women. Because we're just good at not getting caught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's why I say I don't know, you know? It's definitely women because it's easier access. I think women hold all the cards, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, men, you kind of get what you can, and women get what they want. Or it's like if it's just like we go to the cyber age and I might hop in a hundred people's DMs. Mm -hmm. Out of that a hundred people, I might only be successful with fives. Mm -hmm. But best believe if one of you just gotten in 20 dudes DMs, like mm -hmm. it's more than likely like you may have like an 85% success rate that he's ready to meet up with you or link up with you right now at the moment, drop everything he got going on. Mm -hmm. So and like you said, y'all y'all are a lot better at it, mm -hmm. you know, most times. You probably won't find out unless, you know, the dude is being a chatty patty or people pillow talking and stuff like that is when it gets out. But a woman can literally be with you and have 10 different dudes and you won't know until ben, somebody wants to know. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I made a really good point. I'm going to have to keep that where he said men get what they can, but women get what they want. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, I, I, I can't say I'm not disappointed that the girls just straight up threw us under the bus like that. There is this under, <laughs> there's this I this statement that like women are just better at cheating. Maybe we are. We are. We're smarter than cheating. All right. I'll, I'll tell just you objectively. That's all. I'll tell you objectively what the data says. The data says that um, men are a little bit slightly more likely to cheat than women. About twenty percent. Yeah, um, like to cheat. Likely to cheat. Not cheating. Men are men that have admitted to cheating. Uh, about 20% of them have admitted. Correct. So it's about 20% to 13%. I'm just objective statistical numbers. Um it I is think those numbers cheating, are, right? Huh? This is they didn't um, like touch it down to you know the type or kind, but in okay. generally speaking, I would say physical. Um, right. So about twenty percent of men and um and about thirteen percent of women um or they're not that, admitting to it. Know. I already know. <laughs> and we also we also know that I, I do think women are, are a lot more um, skillful at uh, cheating and hiding. <laughs> not skillful than men. Uh, we we. <laughs> We may be a little bit more masterful. Uh, but then there are other factors, too, you know, that, that men who grew up in one-parent household are more likely to cheat than men who grew up in two-parent household. Um, we also know that environmentally, um, there was an interesting stat that, that people with higher education tend to be uh, more likely to cheat. Than those with lower education. That one, that one, that woman, that one caught me. Cheating at all? Caught me. It doesn't. It makes sense when you think about it, but I didn't think that they would find a statistical difference between like whether you you were you know a college educated or whether you were high school educated. You know what I'm saying? Because in my mind, I'm just like, 
But it makes it makes sense when you think about it. I want to spend too much time on it, but it makes sense when you think about it. But at the same time, it's kind of because I I think like when you're highly educated, you're more you're more uh, you're more attracting or you attract more people. You kind of have your options out there and all this other stuff versus like it's eighth grade, dog. If you find that that four that wants you, you better hang on to that four real tight. <laughs> Hold on by the waist. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the more educated you are, the more the more attractive you become, the more exposed you are to different options right. and things like that. So, yes. you know, that 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 kind of made sense. Um, but if you've if you ever had the, you know, you've been on the, the other side of cheating, I don't know if people on here are gonna admit to ever having been the one that cheated, but if you want to put your if you want to put your business out there, if you've ever been the person that cheated, um, or you've been the person that was cheated on, what is some advice that you have for someone that um, have have or are currently going through an experience where they were cheated on? They're trying to recover from that cheating. Um, they're trying to recover from the hurt of that cheating. So the question again is, what advice do you have for someone who has been cheated on? What what would you say to them? How can they manage that particular emotional experience um i think and just to go back to a point i don't want to drag it too long but how you gave the statistics on people who are more educated being more likely Mm -hmm. i was of the thought process that sometimes as a man when you're not fulfilled in your life or you're not maybe at the place or you feel less of a lot of times that tends to make you to go out and do other things because you feel like you're fulfilled in that arena. Mm-hmm. I feel that, oh, if I can't do anything, I know how to get a bitch or, you know, mm-hmm. excuse my language or whatever. I feel like I can do, you know, whatsoever. Or you take pride in manipulating, you know, multiple people or whatever because you're not fulfilled as a man. So I think that plays into the person who may have got cheated on. Sometimes it's not about you. You may feel like you want to self-blame or... I wasn't enough or, you know, what could I have did better? Sometimes it's just strictly on that person that that person chose to do that for whatever trauma they went through or whatever circumstances they may be going through or whatever. It's not always on you. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can do self-reflections and, you know, see what can I do to, you know, maybe stop this from happening again or what could I have done? But a lot of times it's not on you. And if the person who cheated is truthful enough or honest enough with you, they may be able to tell you that, Hey, it wasn't nothing that you was doing. It's just something that I've been dealing with that I need to conquer or I need to have more self-control or I need to be more disciplined in putting myself in situations that I know will lead to this, you know, like to go back to the genesis of the conversation with Alex said, you know, we may be more flirtatious, you know, as a person or whatever, you know exactly the demarcation that, okay, I know when I say this and she says this, I kind of know where this is going to lead to. And if I open myself up to that environment or I'm constantly in the presence of this person that I know mm-hmm. is throwing it at me or constantly, you know, in that presence of the people who I know are going to get me into those things, then I have nobody else to blame but myself. But um, to get back to the point, sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes it's strictly on that person and you just have to take it from that vantage point. Yeah, I love that point. 
I love that point. Um, and you know, we're talking about what are some factors that may lead someone to cheat, and you just you just nailed it because that's one of the things that we didn't talk about is like feeling unfulfilled in other personal areas, especially for this is true, especially for men, where it's like I'm not where I want to be yet, or I'm not I'm not I feel like I'm not really up to par where I need to be yet. And there's like, but there's this one thing I know for a fact I can do, you know, and I'll be successful at that. And it kind of brings some sense of uh, equilibrium to your life, or at least like, okay, well, at least I accomplished this particular feat, um, even though everything else may not necessarily be where I want it to be. So I I'm glad you brought up that point, John, that it's sometimes it's personal. It's not about you because there is the tendency to be like, oh, it's me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I did something wrong, but it might just be within that individual. So thank you for that piece. Any other advice from from the uh, panel? Nancy, you muted. Dr. Wallace will go and then you can go afterwards. I was going to say, we kind of talked about it a bit, you know, just uh, the open communication, you know, learning mm -hmm. to trust and forgive. Um, and then if you do agree to forgive that person, really, truly working on the relationship to make it better. And if it doesn't work out or this is a continuous behavior, you feel like it's toxic. Sometimes you just have to let it go. Mm -hmm. And definitely therapy, you know, always I'll put that plug there. There's therapies and medication to help with the anxiety related to feeling betrayed and things like that. So... But yeah, with the anxiety, with the depression, and sometimes when people have been cheated on, we didn't talk self -esteem too deep about issues. this. It gets to the self-esteem, and even yeah. others find themselves being suicidal. Suicidal, um, definitely. You know, and and like you'll be surprised how many people um, will want to take their life because the hurt is too much to yeah. bear. Um, yeah. When there's been that level of deceit, there's been that level of betrayal um, from from a person's partner. So, yeah. Or or even shame, right? Because it depends on who you did the the act mm -hmm. with. If it's somebody, you know, like a best friend or, you know, in my community mm -hmm. or this is exposed mm -hmm. on the internet, like we talked about the internet, how things are now. So just yeah. all of those factors and it can be serious. Yeah, 100%. Any other advice for someone who is trying to bounce back, who's been cheated on? I say, remember that it's okay to take a break mm -hmm. and re-found yourself. Um, just know that it's not all about them. Sometimes it's just good. Like you told me a long time ago, it's good to date yourself sometimes. Just, I'm not saying, if you want to forgive your partner, I'm not saying forget them. But it's also good to remember that there was you before them. So re-ditch yourself, re-go back to your main values, and, and think about things. It's good to take a break sometimes. Even if it's a week or two away from that person so you can really get yourself together and your peace of mind because at the end of the day if anything happens to you that person gonna jump to the next person yes they'll mourn you for a little bit but they're still gonna move on eventually so sometimes like dr simon told me a long time ago it's good to date yourself for a little bit you can still be in a relationship and still be into yourself and find yourself so it's good to take that breaks that necessary sometimes mm -hmm. yeah yes um I think marriage or relationship is work, you know, compromise and sacrifice, you know, after the ceremony. You also have to remember that love will fade, you know, and the sparkles will die. You know, but it all depends on who you are. And, you know, particularly for women, you know, I would say, or uh, both men and women, uh, you also, there's a famous saying that, you know, your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. You know, so you just have to value yourself and know that, well, you know, 
I mean, whatever we end, you have to know what, because it's like you can't just get in a car and keep driving and don't have a destination. You know, you always have to have a goal of whatever you tend to do. You have to have an agenda. So if you know that it's just, you know, regardless of what somebody cheat one time, you know, they do it again and do it again and you don't see any type of changes and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like you shouldn't, you know, try to lower your own standards to feel like it's okay, you know, or feel less value as a man or a woman, especially, particularly for women who have already have kids and stuff, you know, sometimes they feel that having kids, you know, at times, uh, I would just want to just stay with somebody who's continuing to cheat and disrespect men because, you know, nobody out there will, you know, I feel like my value has decreased, but I would like to say as a father and a brother to four sisters, you know, you just got to continue doing what you have to do and always value yourself as a woman, as a man, and know that, you know, there is always somebody that's better out there more than somebody that just don't value who you are. Okay, Alex. So one other thing too, and this might shake the table as they say, sometimes you need self-reflection. You know, you, uh, there's a, there's a saying that you try to find the positive in everything. And it's probably very hard to find the positive in somebody cheating on you or being cheated on or whatever the case may be. But sometimes, you know, it's a time for self-reflection to be like, damn, maybe I do need to be more romantic with my girl, or maybe I do need to listen more to my, my girl, or can I be more, you know, whatever with my man or whatever the case may be that may have drew that person in that direction that, Oh, I feel that you're not romantic. I feel like I can't be myself around you. I feel like I can't do, all these other things with you, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and it may be uncomfortable and be like, damn, what can I do better? Not to say that, you know, it's not an excuse or, you know, we're not condoning it, but sometimes we do need that self-reflection. And sometimes for some people, it may be a wake up call, yeah. maybe a really messed up wake up call, but sometimes it is. And you sit back and you're like, okay, all right, we're going to, you know, get to the, the, the root of it. We've addressed it. I'm going to forgive and that what, you know, all these other things, but then now what can I do to make myself better? Or what can I do to create that haven, you know, for that person to not feel that they need to do this again, you know, not to say that will stop them at all, but it doesn't hurt to try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with every, everything that you all have said, such great advice, you know, just such great advice. Uh, there was a point when I would say, oh, if somebody cheats, that's it, you know. Um, what I've learned over the years is that there are individuals who, there maybe there's been infidelity in the relationship, and some relationships can't take it. Know yourself. If you can't take it, don't torture the other person by trying to make it work for you, like literally just on them all day every day and making them feel like crap they already feel it trust me you know so if you decide you want to make the relationship work then be committed to forgiving be committed to doing the work be committed to listening be committed to doing self-reflection all of those things if for the person who did commit the you know infidelity 
if you decide, you know what, I really messed up and I want to make this work, just know that you have to give your partner an opportunity to grieve, grieve what they thought they had. And so they can recalibrate and try to build something new. Don't rush them. Oh, but I already not apologized three times. What else you want from me? Like, ride it out with them when they're vexed okay i'm sorry honey when they're okay i'm sorry honey whatever you need to do to ride out that wave it's important to be patient with them and let them get out their own stress let them grieve let them work their way through the forgiveness but both people have to be committed if you're truly going to say i'm committed to this thing if you know i'm sorry i was going to ask how long is this grieving period it varies from person to person. Okay. Um, it really, really does. So what I would say, you know, for that's an excellent question, <laughs> Dr. Wallace. Some some people, listen, for some people, they're over it in, in, in a month, in a week, in two weeks. Some people, it's six months later, they're still grieving. I don't even know if we can have this conversation here for this particular process. But, you know, it, it, it's painful. But what I would say is, as you're grieving, leave room for forgiveness too, you know, and leave room to allow the other person to dig themselves out of the hole. Don't put them in the hole and then bury them while they're there, but then still want them to kind of somehow prove that they're not going to do it again. How can they prove it if you've never given them an opportunity to reset, to recalibrate, to prove that, you know what, I've changed. I'm a different person. Um, so it, it's important that both parties are working on actively working towards it at the same time there. And, and ah, this is a less popular belief, but there are individuals who truly come out of an infidelity situation stronger and they thrive. And that, and that process is never repeated, you know, cause they learned a lot. It really, it's a, it's a, it's a, temperature check on the relationship and both people go and they work it out. And then there are others where, you know, you're saying you can't do this. You try, you're like, I tried, I gave it three months, but every time I look at you, I want to just still mm, right in your face. So that may not necessarily, it may not be the thing for you. Know yourself and be true to yourself. If it's not your thing, don't force nothing. One thing I will advise against is what I mentioned earlier about this hysterical bonding, especially for women. We do that. Don't try to like, oh, because he cheated with Mary and you saw Mary, now you're obsessing over like, well, I'm going to do what Mary did. You can't sex your way through the problem. You can't whatever else your way through the problem. You actually have to take the time. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this and let's actually problem solve our way forward. Um, and then the final thing was mentioned earlier, which had to do with doing a check-in, which is something we, we want to do a practice of checking on the relationship. You know how you think we're doing, honey? Don't do it once a year, okay? Do it quarterly. Do it even once a month. Do it sporadically at random. You know, things have been going well. And yeah, yeah, how do you think, you know, how do you think I'm doing? Is there anything I can improve on? Is there anything you'd like to see us try, incorporate a little bit more? Because a relationship is, it's a 24-hour job. And we're constantly trying to maintain, we're constantly trying to, you know, add that spice, make it good and don't let it get stale because nobody wants no stale milk. Okay. Um, we need that thing fresh all the time. So, um, so, <laughs> so those are, those are that kind of just like putting a, a wrap on it. Um, any final thoughts? We, y'all did such an awesome job though. Any final thoughts as we completely shut this down? Be true to yourself and don't bend your values. Just think about situation, analyze it, and make your decision from there. And think about the bigger, the bigger picture. 
sometimes just because a person cheat, it don't mean they're not a good person. They could bring other good values to your life and your relationship. So just think about the bigger picture and make a decision from there. But stay true to yourself. Yeah, I like that. Anyone else? Final thoughts? Um, it's. I think it's just important to remember in relationships that you're a team mm -hmm. and that you guys should all be working towards the same, you know, goals or whatever end goal that you guys have. And it's important to understand teams go through cycles. There's right. dynasties. There's times that you lose as a team. There's times that you go through winning phases. There's times that, you know, other people leave the team. There's other right. times that, you know, you add more players or more things to the team, you know, to get better, you know? Um, so it's just important to understand that that person's your teammate, you know, the same, you have to understand that you doing something affects the team and vice versa. You know, however I handle myself, outside of my partner is going to reflect on her. However, she handles herself outside is going to reflect on me. And when you think of that from that aspect, like, you know, having the check-ins, having team meetings. Okay. If it's, you know, somebody said something on the podcast um, a couple months ago that I was watching, I really liked is this like a seven, seven rule. And it said every seven days, you should take um, a date. You and your partner should have a date. Mm -hmm. Every seven weeks, mm -hmm. you guys should go out of the city or something. Mm -hmm. Every seven months, you know, go out of state. Every seven years out of the country, something like that. But just, you know, have plans in place and never get tired of, you know, doing the work. You know, it's hard. You know, social media doesn't make it any easier nowadays. Work doesn't make it easier. Mm -hmm. And we all have our personal demons and personal things that we're going through outside of our relationship internally. Mm -hmm. So it's important to remember that too, that this is a whole different entity that was, you know, surviving before I came in that comes with her or his own problems and whatever. So I have to, you know, understand that they're a constant work in progress, but the only way that I can fully give to that person is if I'm full, you know, you can't give them a half full glass. So in order for you to be good to somebody else, you have to be good internally. Mm -hmm. I have to be comfortable with myself. I have to be, I have to feel myself. I have to be good before I can be a good partner to you, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Anyone else? You're muted. I was just going to say, this has been a, an amazing conversation. I've learned a lot of new things, different perspectives. And, uh, you know, this is going to be something that's continuous over time. It's a, relationships are hard and every relationship is different and every infidelity or trust issue is different. So you have to take it one situation at a time and one day at a time. And then mm -hmm. if anything else, you got to put either, you know, God or a higher power or, you know, your, your pastor or whoever you believe to mm -hmm. be able to help into that relationship to kind of help and guide it. And obviously always lean on the support of, you know, your, your systems, right? Your support system, lean on people you trust and be able to help with, with every issue or things that come up. Love it. Yes. And, um, yeah, I would just, you know, take this time to say thank you, uh, Dr. Simmons and, uh, Dr. Wallace, Messi and John, you know, it was very, um, trusting conversation, you know, I enjoyed it and, 
my own little advice would be just to just always be true to yourself, know who you are and what you stand for. And like everybody said, you know, if you decide to forgive, just forgive and go, you know, just let it go. If it's not working, you know, uh, move on. And, you know, if it's, if it's not worth it, you know, because uh, there is eyesight and there is mindset, you know, uh, sometimes you look at things from a different uh, vantage point. And sometimes if you have a, you look at things from the mind and look at a person and see the potential in them and knowing that if it's worth, you know, uh, staying there longer and being able to work things out and forgive them for the mistakes in the past and be able to to know that they have the potential of growing and being a better person, then you try to work it out. But if you feel like it's just not going to work, you know, regardless of how you try, I believe you just let it go, forgive and grow, and, you know, your life will be better. I think that's how I see it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you all so much. I love all of your advice. You've been wonderful. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to do this. I think the conversation was great and I know that it will help so many other people that might be going through this now at this particular moment. What I really loved about this conversation is that we talked about it from the vintage point of the person that's been cheated on, but also from the person who did the cheating. So there's something in here for everyone to take and kind of apply to their life as well. So um, I appreciate you all. And until next time to our viewers, thank you for taking the time to, to be a part of this particular conversation. And I'll leave you as I always do, be the light that shines in someone else's darkness. Thank you.